Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the fourth annual Thanksgiving Tag Team Tough Man competition. Now, before I even get into the competition, I just want to talk about the concept of the rare breed. The rare breed. You see people always wearing that t-shirt, I'm a rare breed. Look at how I train, I'm a rare breed. Look at the sport I play, I'm a rare breed. But to me, the people that come to these Thanksgiving Tag Team Tough Mans, they truly are a rare breed. It's not for everybody. You could see that when we are on that field. Yesterday, we were on that field. There's nobody else there. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. It's dark. It's cold. There's nobody there. Now, there's a bunch of people that said, Ooh, this is pretty cool. I'd want to be part of this stuff, man. But how many people really showed up? How many people committed? How many people committed to what they said they were going to do? So for me, that word rare, I've built an acronym around that word rare to really help me put together who really is a rare breed. So that first R... To me, that stands for relentless. Are you going to quit when you lose your starting position? Are you going to give up if your ankle gets a little tweaked? Are you just going to give up forever? Uh, Maybe you get fired from a job or that girl turns you down, right? Or are you going to be relentless? Are you going to do the prowler during a competition and maybe one of the poles falls out? Sorry for the foreshadowing here, Mark Strange. And do you stop or do you keep going? Are you relentless? The A... The A stands for assertive. Assertive could be, I'm going to speak my mind politely. I'm going to listen first so I understand that I'm going to speak. Or am I going to assert my will on somebody else? And I'm saying this on a football field. I'm not saying this in a horrible way of life perspective or on a basketball court or anywhere that you're playing sports. Am I going to assert my will on someone else? Am I going to let them assert their will on me? The next R, and this may be the most important R of this word, is reliable. Are you going to do the things that you said you're going to do? Are you going, and this is the example that I think about all the time, if I asked you to pick me up at the airport, are you going to actually pick me up at the airport? If you say you're going to do something, are you going to do it? Are you going to be there on time? Are you going to show up to work when you said you're going to show up to work? Are you going to show up at somebody's house when you said you're going to show up to somebody's house? If you said you're going to bring this gear, are you going to bring that gear? Are you reliable? Are you going to do your job when it's expected of you? And then the E, the E is you're going to perform whatever you decide to do at an elite level. Now, you can't do everything. We talk about this all the time. You can do anything you want in this world as long as you realize that you can't do everything. But what you do do, you want to be elite at it. So if you're going to show up to this uh, tough man competition, which already makes you rare, do you show up prepared? Did you read the rules? Did you bring cleats? Were you, did you get a good night's sleep the night before? So this is what I think about when it comes to being a rare breed. This is what I think about. And the guys that come, the guys that do this stuff, they are a rare breed. Because a lot of these guys are retired, washed up meatheads that have no reason to do this other than to either feel like they are still a rare breed, which they are, or to have some sort of camaraderie in this team event. And I'm telling you this, I, I love what we do at Advanced Trading. Uh, I love it, but what I love the most is when teams are working together. And I love this even more than when I put wacky riddles and and things and make people work in adverse conditions and have their mind work while they're doing something physical. I love when a team works together. Because after every one of these events, teams are all elevated together. Even if they lost, they all leave a little better than when they walked in. When we do an individual tough man and people just do it by themselves, you could always see that everybody who doesn't win is deflated. 
They're deflated because they're in it alone. They lose it alone. It's just you're not making the people around you better. But the teams that lose these Thanksgiving tough mans, they're always energized. They're energized to come back the next year a bit better. Now, some of them forget about it as soon as uh, maybe they hop in the car and they go home and do terrible things to themselves with respect to eating and drinking. But they're leaving that field saying, let's get better, as opposed to uh, just super depressed. And I love this tag team aspect of what we do. Now, let's get into what happened with the 2021 Thanksgiving Tough Man. First and foremost, we had a bunch of people say, we're going to come. We had people bail out last minute. We had people bail out, not even tell anybody that they were going to bail out. So boom, you already failed the reliability test. You're not rare. Whatever you think about yourself, if you said you were going to come and you didn't come, you're not rare. Sorry, I'm breaking it to you right here, right now. You are not a rare breed. You're just basically like every other person in the world who's unreliable. So we were supposed to have six teams. We end up only having four teams. I said this last year, I'll say it again. I challenge any one of you to very quickly develop a double elimination style bracket. This is not as uh, simple as an NCAA style bracket the way we do it. It's a double elimination style bracket. And do it as fast as possible for seven teams, six teams, five teams, four teams. It's all very different in the way it's laid out. Now, I believe in planning and over planning. So before we got to this event, I thought we were actually going to have seven teams. We documented that we were going to have six. But I thought we were going to have seven, so I drew up on a piece of paper a seven-team bracket, double elimination. And I also drew up a five-team double elimination. I did not realize that we would actually lose two full teams. So instead of having seven, because I had a bunch of free agents that said they were going to come, they didn't show up. Then we also had two of the actual teams that said they were going to show up not show up. So we went from what I thought would be seven teams to four teams in legitimately the blink of an eye. So in the pitch black, I am there with my sister... God bless her soul, she shows up to help me document all of the times of people who win and who lose, because that certainly helps out a lot on a day like this. And we're sitting there trying to very quickly figure out, do we have uh, the right brackets for the right teams? Bang! So immediately, we go from seven teams down to four teams. Now, a couple of quick things that I must talk about before we get into the actual event. There were some rule changes in this event from previous years. There are other podcasts that talk about other po- uh, other years' rules, but you can go look them up if you want to. But for this year, there were a couple of rule changes. Now, you know you're good. You know you're good if people have to change rules to go around things that you did, right? If you did something that beat the system or you're just too good at the event, you know you're good if people are changing the rules for you. So, one rule change as it relates to the sliders. People don't know what a slider is. They're basically... Uh, You have your hands on the ground, your feet are on furniture sliders, and you're pushing yourself backwards. Well, one of the rules, it's it's another one of these Sarno rules, is that if you are doing the slider and you lose a slider, you cannot keep both feet on the ground. So Joe Sarno has gotten so good at sliders that he can lose both sliders and slide without him. Well, if whatever slider you lose, you have to pick that foot up off the ground, you're allowed one touch to regain balance, but then that other leg has to stay in the air. People actually accused uh, Sarno of greasing up the front of his cleats to make him even better if he lost a slider. Another rule this year, this is a new rule, was that you have to be tagged before you can pick up your toy. Before you pick up the chain for the sled pull, you have to be tagged. Before you can touch the prowler, you have to be tagged. You have to be tagged before you can pick up the toy. Another rule is that if you are pulling the sled, you cannot extend your legs out and kick the sled, which is another Joe Sarno rule because he has these long legs, and he was killing it last year. He actually completely and totally dominated the last half of this cup. We now put a bucket 
in front of the sled, and now you can no longer kick the sled. So we had some changes to these rules. Now, why is this important? Because some teams, they didn't operate at an elite level because they didn't read the rules or they forgot about the rules. And some guys just showed up. Now, again, I still think they're rare because they showed up, but it would certainly help you to actually read the rules that are posted on the website. And if you break any of these rules, you get a two-second penalty for breaking any of those rules. Now, let's get into the competition. So, we have a we have four teams now. We only have four teams going, so now it's just going to be four teams in the first round. If you lose, you go to the loser's bracket. You win, you stay in the winner's bracket. So, team number one that goes first in this event is the free agents. Four guys who really had no team. They were a bunch of free agents, so we, we lumped them on a team that morning. They go first. They're the first team to go. Things are going relatively well until uh, Hezra decides to push the prowler in the opposite direction of which it's going. So you're supposed to go from a slider to a farmer's walk. That farmer's walk person does one high handle length of the prowler. Then the next person goes high handle, then low handle. Now, Hezra is the second person on the prowler. Instead of going uh, high handle, sorry, he's supposed to go low handle to high handle. Low handle to high handle. So they give him the prowler. He turns the prowler around the other way and tries to push it completely and totally out of our drill. Needless to say, that team loses in the first round to the first round seed 2013. Yeah, if you're going to push the prowler the wrong way, you're probably going to lose. So first round, first loss, free agents, they are in the loser's bracket. Now, second team in the introductory round, we have two teams going. We have the 2009 team, who were the runners-up in 2019. And then we have the blue-collar group who put on a great showing in 2020. Now, these are both pretty good teams, but the blue-collar group beats the 2009 team by six seconds. By six seconds. So now, 2009 also goes into the loser's bracket. In the winner's bracket, we now have 2013, who won it all last year. And we have the blue-collar group who had a really good showing last year. And it should be noted that the 2013 team... Their time was a 129. That was the not the best time in the first round. But they had eight seconds worth of penalties because they also broke rules. We had guys not tagging. We had guys uh, running and pushing the sled through the, the end of the, the drill. So both groups, all you know, they had eight seconds worth of penalties, so they would have had a 121. So they're clearly the favorite going into this winner's bracket. So we go into the winner's bracket. We got 2013. We got 2000, uh, the, the blue-collar group. And out of nowhere, this blue-collar group, they win. They get a 123.6, and they beat the 2013 team with a 124.3. So now the only team left in this uh, winner's bracket is the blue-collar group. Now they just can just sit back and sit pretty, and whoever goes against them in the championship round has to now beat them twice because it's double elimination. So now we're in the loser's bracket. We get to the free agents versus 2009. Free agents versus 2009. And uh, the 2019 Beats them by 11 seconds. This 2019, if you forget who it is, uh, this is a legendary group. We have Colhesi, Blanco, Amorosi, Baraji. They have two newcomers onto the team. One, Mark Strange, who actually was, I believe he was in their grade. He was a tight end for their team. And then they pick up a guy from the 2014 team who ju- their t- that team just couldn't come. The 2014 team, they won it in... 2020. Great team, except they couldn't come. They had a guy at a fire department on training, a bunch of guys had to work. They actually up front said, we can't come, so they disbanded members of their team. So 2009's pretty stacked. They win by 11 seconds, and now they're heading into the last round. The last round of up against none other than the 2013 team. 
Now, the 2013 team is the team that won it last year, and pretty easily. They have who I spoke to. He completely dominates these drills. Two beasts and spit and spears and king. Uh, spears and king are complete and total freak shows of human beings. Uh, guys that you'd, you'd want on your team, you want on any team. On this team, on a football team, on any single team in the world, I put them on my fantasy football team right now, the way these guys are built and the way they operate. They also have Tom Galley, who just came back into advanced training last year. He was a finalist in the challenge, and he was the guy that I thought might have won the actual tough man if he showed up, but he had work. So, these guys are stacked. They pull up. Uh, now, because they only have four guys, they want six. Six is the amount of, max amount of guys you can have your team. Four is the minimum. They bring in Venturini. Venturini's training for the Navy SEALs. Comes in, shaved head, wearing shorts like a freak. It's 36 degrees even. I didn't wear shorts. And then they got uh, V, right? So they got they got a pretty stacked crew. All these guys are very good football players. V, uh, you know, this he might be the only offensive guy in this crew. We had a pretty sick defense on that 2013 team. But uh, I think he had the same mentality and the same grit as these guys. So he fits in perfectly. And I believe I heard afterwards that he does jujitsu, so I'm glad he didn't uh, snap my neck after this thing was over. Because I didn't say hello to him. I didn't know he was actually there until he was actually in the event. Okay, anyway, so 2013 goes against 2009, and we have a, a pretty epic battle, but the 2013 team comes out on top. Why? And here's back to the resilient part. The 2009 team is actually hitting a great pace. And before, the, before this event even starts... I lay out the rules, and I lay out one simple tip to everyone. Do not, do not, do not, do not pull the prowler backwards if you don't push it past the line far enough. So what the hell does that mean? So in this event, you have to push the prowler past a certain endpoint. If you don't, it's a two-second penalty. What guys will do, even if they, don't, if they miss it by like an inch, and I don't tell them that they're clear, they'll run around to the other side of the prowler and try and pull it backwards to them. Now, last year... In the final event, Miggs did this and pulled the poles out of, out of the prowler. So I warned everyone, do not do this. Because if you pull the poles backwards, the poles are going to fall out. And all the weight's going to fall out. Well, Mark Strange, God bless his soul, tries that very thing. This is his first tag team tough man. Hell, it's his first tough man. He pulls out the poles, all the weights fall out. But what I love about Strange is that he didn't give up and just stop. He picked up the pole put all the weights back on, put the pole back in, and they finished. The group finished. That's why I'm talking about being resilient, being relentless. We're not going to let up. I mean, they got killed. They lost by 23 seconds. They had the worst time of the day, 1 minute and 49 seconds. So now they're eliminated. But now Strange, I love it, text me right afterwards, Coach, I have 365 days to live with this. 365 days to correct this. Yeah, you do, Strange. You do. But we're going to fix it. We're going to get better at it. And every workout you ever think about missing, every time it's a little cold, every excuse you ever have, think about how bad you felt at that moment. Because in these moments with these tag teams, you don't just let down you, you let down your team. How bad did you feel when that pole fell out? That's what you got to think about. And don't forget it, because that's what separates the great from the regular. Right? That's what separates the high performers from the mediocre. The high performers don't forget those moments. The high performers think about that moment and everything they do for the rest of their life. And the mediocre people forget about it the, hop the minute they hop in their car. The mediocre people say they make a statement when they leave that tough man and they never do anything about it again. So Strange, I'm calling you out right now, man. Not because the polls came out. I'm calling you out for next year. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So now we get to the final round. We have Team 2013, the reigning champs. They're going to go against the blue-collar group. Let's talk about this blue-collar group. 
We have Joe Marechko. I call him their captain. He actually got the team together. On the team is we have the great and powerful Rob Mulligan, the advanced training deadlift champion. Had to pull this guy out of retirement. I think his like wife's birthday is around or on Thanksgiving. It's hard to get him there, but we got him there. We have Jimmy Uski, who every year we actually have to beg to come. This guy is uh, the only two-time challenge champ in advanced history. Literally have to beg this guy to come. I don't know what... I think he just wants us to beg him to come. We have Joe Derrida, last year's challenge champ. We have Cortese. Guy has literally looked like he was shot out of a cannon. <coughs> and then we have another member of that 2014 team, Fred Carpentieri. Again, remember they were disbanded. He was brought onto the blue-collar team. So this blue-collar team, they're 2-0. Hey, last year they had a pretty good run in the beginning, but then they blew it in the loser's bracket. And now they bring in 2013 to meet them in the championship round. For 2013 to win, they must they must win two times in a row. So here's the way we're going to work it. We're going to make the blue-collar group go first. 2013 goes second. If 2013 wins, now 2013 will go first, and then the blue-collar group will go second. Similar to how you do it in, like, uh, I don't know, NCAA overtime, right? If you're a college football player or coach, you go first one round, then you go second in the next round. So we're making 2013 go first, and we're making uh, the blue-collar group go second. Also, another rule added because of Joe Sarno. Yes, I'll say his name again. People thought last year and said out loud that Coach Mahoney makes tough man specifically for Joe Sarno. Now, one beautiful thing about advanced training is every single person in the program thinks I hate them and favor somebody else. Joe Sarno, if you asked him, he'd say you hate me and, I, and you favor somebody else. Now, the whole, all the guys were there, we've had about, like, almost about 40 guys there last year, said I favor Joe Sarno. So what we did this year, in the final round, you are allowed to pick what event the other team's members have to do in the final round. And this is brilliant because now you have your team thinking about the other team and you get to put people in bad positions. You get to put people in positions that they don't want to be in. So things that I'm thinking about as we're doing this, and I didn't talk to anybody about this, but if you think you're going to win a round, do you put people in certain positions just to see how they do, right? Because you're going to get better at it every time. Last year, Joe Sarno was on the last leg of the event where he did the sled pull to the sliders, and he got better and better and better at it because he did it like five times in a row. His last time was probably the fastest time we've ever had anyone ever do that, those two things together, ever. So is it better to have people practice at different things during this comp- during these rounds so that if the other team puts you in that situation, you've already practiced it? Because here's what happened, and they both did it very wisely. Those teams took guys who never did certain events, not only that day, but ever in their lives, and put it on. Right? So they take this guy V, who's in jujitsu, who could definitely snap my neck in half, and they put him on this last leg of the event. Right? The, two, the, the blue collar group, they take V, they say, you know what, V, you never did this, we're going to put you on the sled pole to the sliders. Two things he's never done, two things that are actually pretty complicated. They take Brandon Spears, who's a big dude, he's a defensive end type body, and they put him on sliders. Now, he did pretty well for a guy his size, but personally, I don't remember him ever doing this. Every time we've done this, he's just been hitting that prowler over and over and over again. So it's pretty smart. The other team, they did the same thing. They took Rob Mulligan, a guy who could deadlift 500 pounds. He hasn't done this in forever. Okay, Rob, guess what? You're going to the sled pull and the sliders. Now, it's it's really brilliant stuff. They take the, the smallest guy, uh, Cortese. We're going to make this guy carry the farmer's walk. It weighs more than he does, right? So this is really smart. And I love every second of it because now you're thinking about not only yourself, but you have to strategically think about other people and put them in spots that they don't want to be in. I love it. And what the teams didn't know, I'll skip to the punchline here. Well, 
I won't skip to the punchline here. So now we have the 2013 team going versus the blue-collar group. And the winner, I'm not going to talk about any part of the event, if the winner is the blue-collar group. They beat the 2013 team. There is no second round of this because now the 2013 team has been eliminated twice. But it really did seem like the differentiator in this event was putting people in spots that they weren't used to. They hadn't practiced that. Uh, and it's just something to think about for next year because we're going to continue that tradition. You Are you going to put people in spots that you haven't seen? And in, earlier in the, in the game, in the event, are you just going to try and win? Or are you going to try and find a a little bit of a home for everybody and have them practice for these final rounds. Again, these rules are up. How many people read them? Maybe two. I said it was just Pete Amorosi. Blanco reminded me he did it as well. But maybe two. Some other thing that I picked up during this event uh, is just watching Cortese because he did look like he, was sh- looked like he was shot out of the cannon. If you have the way this thing works, one person does a slider to a farmer's wall. Sorry, one person does a slider. The next person does a slider to a prowler. Then the next three people... Do a low-handle prowler to a high-handle prowler. The last person who does the, that low-handle prowler to a high-handle prowler has to sprint to the sled. They tag the person on the sled, and the person on the sled does a sled to a slider. And what I realized was a nice differentiator is how fast your last person is on the low-handle, sorry, the prowler running to the sled. Because that's like basically another event. There's a sprint from the prowler to the sled, and you could pick up a second or two based on the speed of that last person. So if anyone's going to listen to this, I sent everybody last year's recap, but I'm a, I said, if you have any brands you listen to the way you're driving into the event, if anybody listens to this, take this note. If you have a team of six guys, you put your fastest guy on the last leg of that prowler. Who's that? If you have three guys doing the prowler, the fastest one of those guys should be the guy that pushes that prowler, gets it through the line, sprints, and tags the next person. So, Couple, couple of learning lessons that I've picked up doing this. Do we rotate people early in the round, in the events, and then which, where do you put your fastest people when they're doing the prowler? I think that's a good pickup. At uh, Cortese, really looked like he was shot out of the cannon. Now to wrap this thing up, uh, I just want to say to the guys that come, the people that do this, I love you. After the event, a bunch of guys went out and they went to uh, Annadale Terrace. They had breakfast. I wasn't gonna go. It's Thanksgiving. We were hosting at our house. I really wanted to get home. Uh, I was like, you know what, How, you know, something I'm trying to do in my life is take time. I'm always hosting these events. Um, I hear these guys talking. I, 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 you know, as I'm sitting up in between drills, I hear them recapping, uh, you know, conversations they had from years ago. They were reliving moments they had playing football together, and it really is more about the bonding. If anybody says I can't come, I'm out of shape. In reality, you can go to this thing and do two sets of sliders and go home. Right? You're, and you're not going to be taxed. We're not making this an awful physical event. The hardest pro- part is probably waking up. Right? Waking up and getting dressed is probably harder than the actual event. But I, just, I love that these guys are able to have these moments. And I feel very fortunate that I'm able to be a part of it. Now look, I didn't play with any of these guys. Sadly, I have no continued relationship with the guys I play with. There are only four seniors on my high school football team. So I never had that tradition. We were the first football team at Seasons by the Sea. And there was only four of us, and we didn't stay connected. Uh, you probably don't stay connected when you're on a team that doesn't win and you get blown out by 50 points every game because we only had four seniors. So it's just great that I could be a part of keeping these guys together in some capacity and in a healthy way. It's not like we're going out drinking. We're not going out doing something bad. We're, we're working out in a physical capacity and building bonds together in that way. And I just felt great when we went out to breakfast afterwards that, one, 
I took the time to get to that breakfast. I took the time to, while these guys were setting up, while I was setting up the drills, to listen to some of their conversations. Uh, you know, some people said maybe we should set up the drills a little faster. I, I don't know. I don't know if we should because I think that point of these guys bonding is more important than the actual drills itself. So maybe that, that time is a good time for guys to talk, a guys, time for guys to strategize, guy, time for guys to relive those glory days that they once had. And, and as I was looking at that table at breakfast, I just looked down the line and said, man, I am honored to have coached every one of these guys in some capacity. And I'm, I hope that in some way there's a positive influence of how they do something right now. The fact that these guys are still working out, I mean, they're... The, the fact that they're doing that, it's like, man, I hope there was some influence from them seeing me or another one of the coaches on the staff and said, man, these guys are still working out. These guys are, are healthy. You know, they, they're being authentic, right? They're being authentic. They're living the lifestyle they're telling me to do. They're telling me to run sprints at practice, but this guy never ran a sprint in his life. No, that's not my coach, right? So it just, it was a nice moment, and I'm glad I finally took the time. I've never done it in any of these things. I just get in and get out. I try and be efficient. I try and make sure but the days run. But this was the first year I actually tried to absorb as I was there. And Coach Manos could not be there this year. He's getting hip surgery. He's always the guy who's like taking pictures. I never thought about that. And this year I actually took the time to take a step back and take a picture of the guys. Like, hey guys, let's take a picture of each team. It's something I would have never done if I hadn't taken this moment to sit back and reflect. So I'll say this again to all of you people that said no or didn't say anything, or didn't show up, I, I feel bad for you. You, you. you missed out. You're missing out. You're, you're out of there by 7.30, right? You're out of there by 7.30. You can get home. You can get back to your family for Thanksgiving. The only thing stopping you is you and excuses. The only thing stopping you is you and ex- your excuses. That's it. That's it. It's not a hard day. It's a fun day. You're in and out. I really wish you'd come because uh, you missed out. And for the people that came, thank you so much. I love you all. We will do this again next Thanksgiving, 6 o'clock. Start getting your teams ready. And Mark Strange, let's go, man. You got my shout-out. You got my call-out. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.